it might not be clear what it actually means to practice you know, do something out of faith as you know you've been saying a few times recently especially mm. that just based on faith somebody might mm. um, practice rightly it doesn't matter whether they practice based on faith or based on you know ton of um, like reasoning mm. but the point is that they practice rightly but what is that faith yeah so well there you go you just kind of described it there uh, in order to have faith you need to know what you're actually supposed to do that is directly related to freedom from suffering. Um, it's not other way around. You're not going to understand what you need to do on account of just blind faith. Yeah. I'll just do these random things and somehow uh, the way out of suffering will become apparent to me. No, no. So it's like you need to understand to a degree what needs to be done correctly mm. and then uh, find the motivation to do it either through reasoning or through faith let's put it that way because then it needs to be it needs to be applied the effort needs to be uh, made um, so so say somebody understands to a degree gradual training what needs to be done understands that the root of actions is where your intentions are and all of that and now he needs to start doing it on a day-to-day -day basis and sometimes he might not be quite clear as to why he should always like not act out of sensuality or why he should always be watchful of intentions and why he should do this or that that's within the gradual training but out of faith he'll do it he won't spend much time rehashing why should I do this what I'm already doing he'll just stick to it doing it but again on the right level but you could see exactly because there is kind of less discernment uh, in regard to what specifically needs to be done in terms of the correct right training and practice it's very easy to then start conflating that oh I'll just uh, emulate the external mode of behavior and not question it and that's my faith and that's well I guess you can call it a faith but it's a completely uh, not a faith that can that can give rise to Sotapat. Mm. the other thing I was thinking about this is that you can sort of have a particular idea of okay um, like I have a lot of faith in such and such um, teacher it makes a lot of sense it you know it really mm. makes sense mm. to me I've thought about it um, but now just kind of um, okay uh, this particular contemplation I was supposed to do let me just do it that's something that you can do out of just a sense of duty or whatever mm. but it's not really possible to do the same like to actually um, just not act out of unwholesome things be watchful of one's intentions that's kind of not a particular thing it's not a specific, specific method, method yeah. that you can just yeah. follow like that so yeah. that's kind of I think the main difference that it's uh, yeah, yeah. or yeah. one difference yeah. and the other thing is I think even just in order to be able to do that you already kind of have to be um, somewhat taking responsibility for your own idea or view of what you think or what you believe should be done mm. as in rather than just oh so and so said or this is this is what I believe in and yeah. let me and, well, I, and also and like sometimes this. if you hear something that, that mm -hmm. does sort of resonate mm. with, with your current level of understanding and so on and you feel inspired and you feel like you have faith to do what that person says well you should also ask yourself and know like wait but 
what is it that I find inspiring? Like in hearing this teaching from so-and-so, I feel so inspired. What is the inspi inspiring aspect? What facet of that inspires me? Uh, am I clear? Mm -hmm. Or do I, like, or I don't know? Or, oh, well, you know, as long as there is an inspiration, I won't question it further. No, you have to. Because you might simply be inspired by the way somebody speaks. And you still haven't understood what he's saying. Yeah, are you inspired by the teacher or the teaching? Yeah. yeah. But then again, like uh, when you say, okay, I'm inspired by the teaching, okay, but are you, are, are you understanding it correctly or are you just reading into it what you already think teaching mm -hmm. is? And the, the particular wording of this teacher allows you to, to, to put your take on it. It's like, so you need to study it. You need to study it closer. You need to, that's what I say, it takes time. You, you need to kind of live with somebody. I, mm -hmm. you need to actually be exposed to what they're saying for a period of time to get to know them to get to see what they say what they what they mean and so on because again it's just words are just shells in terms of like externally approached they're just shells of the meaning you, you don't necessarily know what that person meant because those words those shells might not mean the same to you so all of that will already bring a discernment mm -hmm. authenticity and clarity so then even if even if you don't necessarily find a specific inspiration through a specific teacher by questioning like this well, you'll be able to inspire yourself because you have the suttas, you have the stuff said, and now you kind of know to not just take it for granted because you develop that habit of questioning it. So, yeah, then you won't need an external inspiration in order to practice. Yeah? That was the other thing I wanted to bring up. Like a faith often kind of, the idea of faith, it does often imply faith in a particular uh, guide or teacher or something. Or a method, or yeah. A method something or palpable. Something measurable like that I can forget myself about myself or my responsibility and just do it just commit to mm. it and do it which it doesn't no. <laughs> not obviously no. correctly at no. all I mean yeah you should follow the method of uh, watching your intentions before every single action you make throughout the day so but how much of a method that is well you'll find out mm. but in a way yeah if, if you need a method commit That's to a method of that of the right kind but it's not it's not going to be found on that level yeah yeah and that, and the reason that that's called faith, um, that there is a d an element of faith always, even if you have all of the, you know, even if you're just kind of committing absolutely to you know, reasoning and needing to understand everything, you still need to have some faith element because where the work ends up really needing to be done is on a level where you can't was to give um, the example of the uh, other talk um, recently uh, about enduring things on the right level and you were talking about seeing them as phenomena and so on um, and you know there was one point then uh, somebody made this um, you know if you were to see it as a phenomenon correctly that pressure won't be felt mm. but you don't see that end of it when you're starting just having to kind of in learn how to endure it on the right level mm. and that's the whole point like you can't kind of put that result in front of yourself as a kind of a carrot or something you mm. need to be able to um, sort of just endure it without any precondition or any mm. um, limit mm. and that's like without seeing the end of it without yeah, knowing that's the, that's the that's actual faith, faith that's aspect. where the faith yeah. actually yeah. comes in 
Yeah, so you know theoretically, but mm -hmm. once you start doing it practically, mm -hmm. you that theory won't apply. Mm -hmm. Your ideas of it, when you're pressured, when you have to endure and not act out and practice sense restraint. So again, you can you can then mask that by saying, well, it's my duty, it's my identity, mm -hmm. exactly. it's my it's the tradition, it's whatever. Or you cannot fall into that, but then yes, then you won't have any other confirmation or affirmation that what you're doing is right mm -hmm. and you just stick to it to that extent that you don't know and that's because exactly. again what you're doing is simply refrain well what you're doing is what you know you should be doing which is refrain from sensuality uh, not act out but obviously as I said when those things are actively pressuring you you kind of you need there is a there is a, this this need of okay give me some affirmation of this some reassurance that what I'm doing is right although you know that what you're doing is right you're not acting out of sensuality that is already right yeah. it might not feel how you want it to feel but it is right so have faith in that knowledge have faith in that instruction and stick to it yeah. that's what faith means so you realize really faith in terms of like sada from the suttas should should be translated as confidence mm. not not faith I mean faith is not wrong once we clarify everything else around it but more accurately, it's really confidence. Mm. So I'm confident that what I know I should be doing is the right thing on account of reasoning, on account of everything else, on account of information, on account of pondering. So I'm doing it out of that confidence. So it's like I have confidence in instruction implies that to that degree you have some discernment of the instruction. Like what are you confident about? But if you say I have faith in instruction means I just need to surrender to mm. it and my work's done. Mm. Like same, I have faith in Jesus or, or whatever. Mm. It's like no, I have confidence in the teaching. Okay, well, please explain the extent that you understood it. That gives you confidence. Then maybe I'll get the same confidence. But oh, I have faith in it. How oh, well he's, he's the greatest. He's the best. Okay, great. So I approve of that. So I have faith because he's the greatest. He's the best. I'll be the saved. Sa I'll be saved. I'll mm. be the saved one. But like, well, that's not confidence. That is just blind faith. I'm reminded of the sutta. I might read it now. That. It's like, even though you understand that that renunciation is mm. peaceful, mm. yet you don't do it mm. when it comes to it. When it you, know, you can do it when you, you, know, you can renounce Yeah, you're doing it, doing it, doing it, but when the pressure builds up, you give it up. Yeah, even if I know that it's peaceful, I've reasoned it out yeah. to a great extent. Why am I not, why does my mind launch out yeah. towards renunciation? Because you haven't developed confidence in what you already know. You yeah. don't have yeah. enough faith in it. Or because you haven't given up desire? Well, no, you haven't given up desire because you haven't given up desire. And you haven't given it up because you don't have enough faith in giving it up. So the point is, the time will come, as I said, when no amount of your information can do the work for you, mm -hmm. and then you have to endure the pressure of desire, and that's where your faith in what you know is measured. Mm -hmm. I, I, I have no reason to not act out of this centrality. My mind is already made up. I'm going to go, I'm going to take it, I'm going to get it. But I know I shouldn't. Just that pretty much remote, abstract, far removed, no weight whatsoever to it, thought of I shouldn't do it, you have faith in that enough and you won't do it. So yeah, if you keep breaking the precepts, it means you don't have enough faith in not breaking the precepts. Mm. Okay, that faith won't just magically appear in these thoughts. You need to... So if, if you don't have enough faith, you need to build it up. You build it up through developing that confidence. Mm. Confidence that this is actually the way out. That this is what I fundamentally want to achieve even through sensuality. It's actually achieved through sense restraint. 
peace, equilibrium, mm. satisfaction. <laughs> yeah, so you're, you're questioning your, what, what faith you have. Yeah, you question faith what faith you have, see if you lack it, and you lack it if, you, as I say, if you keep acting out, and then uh, actually start making the effort. So instead of just sitting down and, and seeking, chasing calmful, pleasant experiences, sit down and keep re reviewing, revisiting, and building up that confidence in mm -hmm. things that you know you should be doing, and yet you keep failing. You keep failing because you haven't obviously thought it well through. Because if you did, it would have sunk in deeper. And that means when, when things are like the, at the toughest point, you would have enough faith, despite of how, how pressured to act you are, you would have enough faith to not act out and just weather the storm. So you don't weather the storm when you don't have faith in what you're doing during that storm. I sense restraint. So how, how do I stop breaking the precepts? That's how you stop breaking the precepts. By constantly reflecting and pondering on the dangers of doing so, on the benefits of not doing so, on, on, on everything else that's involved, like, like your day-to-day -day actions, the, the perils of desires, the, 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 the disruption of peace, all of that. And you will gradually be increasing that faith and, and being able to not act out more and more. But it's not magically going to happen on account of just practicing calming. Then when pressure comes, oh... My mind is disrupted now and everything that, that I heard before and that I know or even that I understood has no weight now for the duration of this pressure and I'll just act out. Th that, that time has to come for everyone. And that's where you measure your actual faith. Mm -hmm. That's We said that before. That's why like, um, somebody, uh, like an actual Sotapana, is not an Anagamiyeth because he might be lacking faith within, you know, within his great state of faith and confidence. On some specific aspects, he might not have enough faith. Exactly. To stick to certain behaviors, they would be taking him away from sensuality further. So he would re review that. He could review that. And re oh, I lack faith in those crucial little moments of giving in here and there. So what if I don't give in and build up my faith through, through remembering, truly collecting the danger, the peril, the dissatisfaction... It goes every, against everything that I already work for, pretty much, at that point. So, recollect that, ponder on that frequently, as the Buddha would say, and the mind will lean in that direction. But see, people don't ponder on things frequently at all. With that kind of intent, right intent behind it. Like, they might ponder on something, and then adopt the view on account of it, and that's it. My work's done, and then now give me a calming technique, a practice, sensation watching, a bit of this, a bit of external duty, I just do this because everybody else does, and I shall not be reflecting or pondering or revisiting the stuff again, because that is unpleasant. But it's like, no, the practice is frequently recollect, again, not mechanically go through the words and mantras, but revise, recollect, bring up. Until your mind does turn Ideas, yeah, exactly. Ideas, contexts information that you learned before until the mind actually starts to, to settle in there and the more the more often you do that right type of recollection the calmer the mind would be the less disturbed and same when the Buddha says in the suttas the uh, householder who has the right view his samadhi his pleasant abiding like jhana for monks is when he frequently recollects the Buddha the Dhamma the Sangha the unbroken virtue 
again, not as a blind recital to a golden shrine, but actually recollects the value, the meaning, mm. the point, his involvement, makes it alive through recollection and diligent mental effort. And there and then, he has pleasant abiding there and now. Nothing can touch him. Sati. Exactly. Sati. You can't have too much of recollection. So if somebody lacks faith, it's because they haven't recollected enough. Yeah, haven't dwelt on it long enough. Haven't clarified it long enough. And that's, that is the measure, actually. Somebody can be full of faith, but has zero confidence. Like if you were to ask them, if you were to interrogate them and question about the practice, they'll be all over the place and there'll be absolutely no confidence there. They still might be blinded by that faith. They still might not accept what you have to say. But their lack of confidence in, what, in their own words will become very apparent. Actually, that's nearly the more the, le the more you lack confidence, the more faith you need. Yeah, really, you, you to, to compensate, to compensate it for, it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you can't see the discrepancy. Maybe you have real faith in this teacher, and but that the the, the teaching is is discrepant, or, or, or there are these contradictions which you're not seeing. Yeah, yeah. Nobody doubts that 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 faith is real as such. Yeah. But it's it's misguided. It's not, yeah. not authentic. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, misplaced. So, you know, it's just to say, like, the, he has confidence in the instruction, then he applies himself, becomes a Sotapanna, and so he has faith in the instruction, becomes a Sotapanna, and then he develops confirmed confidence in the teaching. In other words, he saw it for himself, now his confidence has been confirmed. I was going to say that's then that confirmed faith, like the real Exactly, faith. so you could say the he has confidence to a degree, but he hasn't confirmed it still thoroughly for himself. And for Sotapanna, he has confirmed mm. confidence in the teaching mm. that is right because he actually is free from suffering. So there is no greater verification of the truthfulness and the right, right practice there. Um, so you could say he has faith that then gets confirmed. But see, when you, when you know now that this works, you don't. There is no belief involved anymore. Now you know. Mm. You have confirmed it that it works, so you don't need to believe it and hope that it works. It works. Because you've you, yeah. you escaped. Yeah, like the sutta of, mm. the, of the hand having to sit on its eggs for chicken to lay out, to come out safely. You could say, first time, say, first time hand doesn't necessarily know that if she lays on the eggs, the chicks would come out safely. He has some confidence and some faith that that's how it works. And then he does, he does the work. It sits on the eggs and the chicks come out safely. Then for the next time, she won't have to question it again because she has confirmed that that's what it works. So in the beginning, for the first time, she might have doubt, had a lot of doubt of, oh, should I get up now? Should I stay? How long should I stay? Should I leave? How quickly I have to return? Maybe this won't work. Maybe I need to leave them alone for them to hatch. Maybe all of these thoughts would have been passing through its head. But if it actually sat on its eggs, the, hands would have, uh, the chicks would have come out safely and then all that doubt was just wiped away because it was confirmed that that's how it works. So next time, she won't have the same doubts again, because all she needs to do is just not give in to those doubts, because mm. she knows that what she's doing is already right. So she doesn't rely on any circumstance for her confidence. Her confidence is, is independent of any... At that point anything, afterwards, yes, any, exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah, nothing can come in between that. That's exactly what... Uh, it was described in the suttas by that Sotapanna who said, well, even if the whole world says one thing and the Buddha said the other, the opposite, like, the Buddha's right. Not because he's a fundamentalist, blinded lunatic, 
No, it's because he actually confirmed that thing for himself. Mm-hmm. So nobody can come in between that. If people say the opposite, is because they haven't seen it for themselves. So it's a direct, directly visible here and now. And that, and that is, and that should be the criteria, by the way, even for somebody before they become a Sotapanna and, and start practicing and so on. Like, the goals, the results should be visible here and now. Like, you know, okay, it won't happen overnight. It's not an instant thing. You have to sit on the eggs. But, okay, but, you know, I've been doing it for 20 years now. Like, isn't that a bit long? Where is the right view? I've been following this teaching or that teaching for how long? Two days, okay, maybe follow a bit longer. Two years, okay, you know, is there any anything to show for? Five years, ten years, okay, come on now. But not like just, just dismiss that part of um, results and still just convince yourself that you're doing it right. No, it, it, it should be happening. So yes, there is a such thing to be a bit impatient, but then there is a such thing to like completely disregard the fact that you will not know whether you're doing it rightly until you confirmed it that it is the right thing to do. In other words, until you know for yourself, until you're a sotapanna. to not really disregard not disregarding not disregarding the goal your own aim exactly what is my aim when I have an aim you do what it takes to get to now that aim obviously as I said as you discern more will will, will become more refined let's say let's put it that way than what it used to be but fundamentally you need to keep it in the play you need to keep it there as a relevant thing because you are doing this to be free from suffering so are you free from suffering? Do you know the way out of suffering for yourself, independent of any circumstances? Exactly. Can something come in between it? Can something cause doubt that would completely change the course of your effort? Or do you know for yourself, beyond doubt, cannot be shaken, you know exactly what suffering is and what escape from it is? Exactly. There's nothing that can come in between. It's like the most direct thing you see and feel, obviously, by that point. And you can kind of apply that way of thinking even if you don't um, know for yourself you can think well is my current understanding along the lines that could not be turned upside down by something or yeah, whatever exactly and yeah. and then fi- well kind of find out you can't go into like <laughs> particulars and turn them around to fit without changing the whole thing yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. but yeah kind of to, to well to find where your understanding or misunderstanding does not have that nature of being unable to be well yeah, yeah. mistaken mm-hmm. or turned Yeah it needs to be needs to be sound. Mm. Needs to be free from contradiction. Free from uh, like you might be emotionally invested in it and which is why it will be unpleasant to question it. And you're emotionally invested because you know freedom from suffering is taken personally, it's important. So that's fine, that's understandable. But that should not prevent you from questioning it so you need to know that it is a sound thing that can hold the water as it said and uh, so and that exactly cannot be upturned by by the opposing view in other words you would see opposing view where the, the lack where it lacks where it doesn't add up because you to- thought your view through you didn't just accept it took it on and now you know 
a disagreement comes or, or or something that says oh well no that's wrong and you you just you just go in a defense mode without recognizing wait but do i see where this applies maybe it's right what if it is right do i know that it isn't right do i know that i'm right or do i just desperately need to believe that i'm right and have to shut everything else out even if you're not if you don't know for yourself yet you can certainly not find fault or any contradiction in the value of sense restraint and saying no to sensuality. Mm. You'll find a lot of pain in it, but that's not to say that it's not a logically sound conclusion, that it's better to be withdrawn from desires and not act out of them and not scratching the itch. You know that. Colloquially, you already know that. Everybody knows that. Mm. It's just they don't have enough reasons because they haven't recollected sufficiently enough of the dangers, the context, the benefits. So they lack faith. Mm. They lack faith in sticking to it. This is, this is that sutta I was mentioning. Uh-huh. Uh, it says, uh, this is the layman speaking to uh, Venerable Ananda. It says, Bhante Ananda, we laymen enjoy essential pleasures, take delight in essential pleasures, and rejoice in essential pleasures. Renunciation seems like a precipice to us. Mm-hmm. I have heard that in this Dhamma and discipline there are very young uh, bhikkhus who you know, go forth and, and uh, delight in that renunciation. But how come my mind doesn't delight in it, even though I know, in theory, all this, mm, mm. What you, the, the, the teaching already? So anyway, the, there's a bit of a further discussion, but the Buddha, the Buddha says, Before my enlightenment, while I was just a bodhisattva, it occurred to me, good is renunciation, good is solitude, yet my mind did not launch out upon renunciation and become calm, settled and liberated in it, though I saw it as peaceful. It occurred to me, why is it that my mind does not launch out upon renunciation? Then it occurred to me, I have not seen the danger in sensual pleasures and I have not cultivated that insight. Mm. So I that's even before he was yeah. enlightened. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I have not thought about it. Yeah. Uh, I have not achieved the benefit in renunciation and have not pursued it. Therefore my mind does not launch out upon renunciation. And then And it's, uh, then uh, later he says, if having seen the danger in sensual pleasure, I would cultivate that insight. And if having achieved the benefit in re- renunciation, I would pursue it, since it is peaceful. Sometime later, having seen the danger in sensual pleasures, I cultivated that insight. Yeah, cultivate insight. Yeah. Ref- recollect it, reflect on it. You get a degree of understanding, then cultivate that understanding further. So that's your meditation, that's your practice. Not like mindlessly sitting and switching the thoughts off and experiencing pleasant bodily sensations and then waking up from it and then not knowing how to deal with stuff when it starts pressuring you because you haven't dealt with anything. You're just shutting yourself down because you don't want to deal with stuff. That's pretty much it. And that's completely the opposite of what the practice is. So reflect, recollect, sit down to meditate, you know, quote-unquote. And by that I mean sit down and spend an hour, dedicated hour of your time in like a motionless state of recollecting and, and, and reflecting and cultivating the insights of the danger, the peril and when you get off your cushion the danger, the traps, the baits will be all around you and you will not go towards them and you will maintain the context of the, of the dissatisfaction 
and uh, and the precipice if you do and all of that and learn how to live among the bait without touching the bait like the the deer herd sutta yeah, you, get, you get to you need to learn that it's not magically going to be revealed and yeah, highlighted yeah. little markers around the bait no you need to discern mm-hmm. that and maintain that and then you'll become comfortable within it and then obviously uh, having not been trapped for a long time you're going to develop even more confidence in it because you're actually free you can run in between the bait and you, you will not get caught that's how confident you'll be you want it to shelter yourself in that sense but that need that takes work diligence recollection reflection maintenance of the context and enduring of the pressure of acting out that you don't don't give into yes and and the suit goes on you see the danger in that sensuality you cultivate that insight and the further away you you obviously see something as dangerous mm. you're going to be moving away from this exactly. dispassion yeah, yeah. not engaging and that results in the first jhana yeah the piece of renunciation yep. Yep. that's in so he's done nothing else except reflect where the, the baits are where the traps yep. are and withdrawing this himself from the traps. There is no. Well, I don't know what do I say. What should I say no to? Yeah, because you haven't reflected on things long enough. If you do, it will become clearer, and there will be layers and layers that you can peel, until you specifically, directly recognize the roots of sensual desire. In the beginning, yeah, you maybe you have to say no to too many things, mm-hmm. unnecessarily so. So it will cause you a bit more pain, but if you make the effort to reflect, recollect, cultivate those insights, it will crystallize more and more. And then you realize, no, I can relax, actually. This is not dangerous. That's not dangerous. This is not rooting sensuality. But measure for that is the internal knowledge, not the external criteria or the word of another. Now, obviously, there are certain obvious things that are always rooted in sensuality. So things basically uh, against the precepts. And I mean, like, say, five precepts with the third precept being celibacy. That's kind of intoxication, lying, stealing, and all of that. And sensual desire, distraction through your senses and sense objects. Yeah. So you need to say no to that always. You know, like you can't go wrong there. Uh, because more often than not, your intention will always be the root in sensuality when it comes to those things. But the cultivation needs to happen. Often, frequently reflecting. But just, just saying no to things, but still exactly. desiring them. Well, that's the thing. People, you, you start by saying no to things. And what do you do then? Do you just hope now that on account of your saying no <gasps> truth will become yeah. apparent or have you once you said no are you now reflecting and recollecting and cultivating insights into danger peril so that you don't have to forcefully say no you simply wouldn't want to go mm-hmm. there when you recognize the danger of it it's, it's funny because maybe some people say you know the the pleasure of jhana will will help you not go back to sensuality yeah, no, yeah the that's the common misconception the of sensuality Will, will yeah. not make you go back to sensuality. Exactly. And that's the jhana. Which is, which is what yeah. the pleasure of it is. Yeah. Which, which is, is what the pleasure, pleasure of jhana is, yeah. It's like this pleasure will surmount this joy and satisfaction. I yeah, I'll get the pleasure so great that I will not want any pleasure l- lesser than that. Yeah. Well, that's like, that's the definition of sensuality. Yeah. It's exactly like, let me just get this and I'll never want anything else again. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's like every sensual desire. Yeah. Doesn't matter how big or small it might be. Right. And even uh, in that same sutta, it says uh, he was thinking about second jhana, but mm. why? And he understood. Yeah. But why doesn't his his mind launch out yeah. on it and, d- and get there? You know, so the same thing. It's because he was finding delight in that first 
done yeah. the, the mm. thinking and pondering. Mm. And once you saw that as an affliction, the danger in that? The, the danger, the obstacle, the lack of refinement, then yeah. When he withdrew himself from first jhana into second. So first jhana is the withdrawal from centrality. Second jhana is withdrawal from the first jhana. Third jhana is withdrawal from the second jhana. Fourth jhana is withdrawal from the third jhana. It's not like, oh, I I leap into it and then this. No, no, no. By completely withdrawing, abandoning desire for this, removing any any kind of uh, affinity towards it, seeing the danger, the peril, the, 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 the lack of satisfaction, that's how you enter the next one. By seeing the affliction of the first jhana, yeah. he enters the And there's that sort of the cow, was it? The simile of the cow where steps on one stone yeah. and doesn't gain its balance and steadiness there, but it wants to step on the next right. one and then falls between the two. So same, like somebody starts withdrawing from centrality, sense of first jhana, but then he wants the second jhana and then he gets neither. Mm. So withdrawal from desires internally, externally, drying up. 